Quiet on set. Picture is up. All right, roll sound. Rolling. Roll cameras. Cams rolling. And three, two. Hey, everybody. What's going on? And welcome back to Hank's Think Tank. This is Saturday, and uh, it's been a long week. It's been a cold week, and I think we're finally coming out of the other side of this uh, freezing weather we've been having. At least I'm hoping so. Got a couple cold nights, but other than that, I think we're going to be okay. At least the worst part of it uh, is behind us. Got a great guy in here today, and uh, his name is Chevy Sevier, and he's got a podcast called Talking with Chevy, and uh, it covers a variety of topics covering social issues, and he mainly does inspirational speeches and inspirational stories. Um, really good channel. I've watched a whole bunch of his videos. He's got a bunch of them out there and they're shorts. They're not really too short, but five, seven minutes, something like that. Definitely worth checking out. Definitely worth subscribing to. So if you get a chance, go check it out. And uh, if you just do a YouTube search for talking with Chevy, you'll be able to find it and uh, check him out and, and uh, let me know what you think. Leave something in the comments and stuff for me. Uh, but we're going to have an interesting conversation today and and really, we don't have a, a topic set. Um, we're going to kind of talk about podcasting. He just told me that he did a tour in Iraq, maybe more than one. I want to talk about that, too, and the effects of war and what it does to people. And uh, good morning, Chevy, man. Good to have you aboard. Good morning. How you been? Oh, it's been cold. Yeah, it has been cold. <laughs> Trying to get it through that cold. <laughs> it has. So tell me about your time in Iraq. I mean, did you go to the very beginning, or when was it? No, uh, my last tour was, uh, I came home in 2008. Okay. So um, there was uh, a purge during that time from Baghdad down south. So, I mean, we, 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 it wasn't as bad as at the beginning, but I mean, you know, war is war. Yeah, war sucks. Yeah, it absolutely does. So Army, Navy, Air Force? Army. Army. Yes, okay, sir. just ground, huh? Yes, sir. And how long were you there? Uh, total in Iraq? Mm -hmm. um close to two years really yes yeah hot as hell down there you know to be honest with you it was hot but unlike here you know there's like zero humidity mm -hmm. so you go in the shade you're you know 30 degrees cooler so wow. yeah it actually uh i enjoyed the weather out there yeah yeah so the iraqi people that i guess the ones that you weren't fighting against what are they like are they okay well, or just different, you know. <clears throat> you know, to be honest with you, uh, I have some some pictures of of uh, me and my unit hanging out with some of the Iraqi families, eating mm -hmm. lunch with them. Um, there's some really good people out there. You know, the stuff that they show on TV and the news and stuff about these people is just, you know, it really it really irritated me because some of them were some of the most giving, loving people. I mean, you had your bad people. I mean. That's with any society. That's any society. Yeah. And, you know, just just to see how bad they, you know, the life that they were going through. People here in America don't even have a clue how privileged they are when it comes to, if you compare it to their life, you know, these people live in basically tents that they build out of blankets and so forth. Right. You know, they, they don't have working restrooms. They don't have running water. So, I mean, it's, it's, when you come around with a bottle of water, they really appreciate it. I'm sure they do. Absolutely. You know, I've said it before, poor people in this country 
are considered very well off when you when you look at third world countries, you know, and you look at other parts of the world, you know. So I'm not talking about homeless people in this country. I'm talking about just poor people, you know, people right. below the poverty line, still have jobs, still do their thing, but I mean, they still have running water. They still have, in most cases, AC and heat, you know, and and all the necessities that you need to be able to sustain at least a decent life. And I think a lot of people don't realize what they've got in this country. You know, um, yeah. but we may be getting ready to find out. Well, with everybody, you know, with, <laughs> so. with, with the way society is going and, you know, they, they're talking about the socialism, communism and this and that. I mean, they if these if these individuals would take themselves somewhere like that, mm-hmm. they would go, wait a minute. This is not the <clears throat> life that we want to live. This right. is not like they would appreciate how much we have here in America as it is. Yeah. You know, so. So we were talking before the cameras started rolling. You were telling me that when you came back, you had had some conversations with people, and that's what kind of led up to you doing your show. So let's cover that again because I, I it was an interesting topic. I wanted to hear about it. And So you come back, and, and I guess you immediately went back to work, and how did all that work out? Well, when I came back, um, <clears throat> I was still you know active duty. Um, I ended up in uh, recruiting command, okay. being a recruiter. So... Um, when I first came back, I had a hard time, you know, getting used to civilian life. Um, you know, when you're, when you're deployed with a unit or you're with a unit, you know, active duty, you, everything in life is very strict. It's to the point, get it done. You know, don't waste time. Real structured. Very, very structured. Mm -hmm. And I had a really hard time coping with things that were going on in life. So, as I met people and so forth and all the different things that I've been through in life in general, um, you know, I, I saw myself giving people advice, you know, Hey man, you know, maybe you should look at it this way. And you know, life's really not that bad. You know, just your, your mindset is this and that. And, uh, somebody told me, they said, man, you should do a show or, you know, something you need to talk to people. So I ended up just starting on Facebook at the time and making little videos about situations that were going on or what I saw somebody going through and what my advice then would be. <clears throat> and it really blew up on Facebook. I ended up um, with that Facebook page until I got kicked off. Um, that Facebook page, I actually had, I think it was somewhere around like 8,000 followers. And That's pretty good. It, yeah. it, it was nice. Um, and uh, then I started putting them on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I've had people tell me, you know, Chev, you've changed my life. You know, you, your video here, your video there, you know, it made me really think about something different. I've had, you know, um, this one particular gentleman, really nice guy. I think he's up somewhere up in the, the New England area. And uh, he contacted me and he says, you know what, man, because of you, I, I've decided that I'm going to start losing weight. I'm going to start looking at life in a more positive way and keep on with your videos. And that's what I've done. Cool. Cool. So your topics just come to you as they come to you, huh? Well, um, if you if you check out my YouTube page, you'll notice that most of them are done in my truck. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I really get to do a lot of my thinking. Okay. And if I happen to see something that day or I hear something, um, I love to do my research on different things that are going on in the world or stuff like that. And when I actually, like, something just hits me and says you got to talk so i'll pick up my phone put it up there and start recording okay 
So yeah, do you know what the average length is of your videos? I think they're like five seven minutes. Aren't um, they? well, I mean, <clears throat> I try to keep them under five minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, most people, you know, they're they're watching TikTok, and uh, I have a clapper page too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and TikToks just yeah, they're they're real quick, yeah. and and most people are you know they don't want to sit there and listen to you drag on. Some of my topics take longer than others because yeah they're more in depth right but you know if i'm just trying to get my point across they're usually within the three to five minute range Yeah, that's pretty good well you present real well and well, i watched you. a whole bunch of them i don't know how many you have now but it looked like close to 100 and maybe even a little over that so i didn't get a video count but there's a bunch and uh and the, and the and it's a pretty broad spectrum too so i mean i thought that was really good well, I mean, you know, when you when you turn on the news today, or you turn on the TV, you turn on a, you watch a movie, you listen to the radio, you're hearing the same things over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. You know, they're the narrative. Always, yeah, they're always yeah. talking about the problems, the problems, the problems. Mm -hmm. But they never tell you how to fix these problems. You know, right. they never they never make you look at your real life. They want you focused on what they're doing instead of what you should be doing. So a lot of people get lost in this. And I've heard this time and time again when it came to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Oh, the pandemic made me do this. The pandemic made right. me do it. The pandemic didn't do it. You did it. You lost focus of what's going on in your life because you were so focused on the politician's life. Mm -hmm. So I tried to just throw little things, real things. Um, one of uh, the quotes that I like to use is uh, real talk about real situations. Okay. Because our life is not just one situation. Our right. life is not just politics. So I kind of bring out what you don't normally see everywhere else. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, and what you're talking about is is the lack of individual independence. And I don't really know, and I, haven't, I need to think about it a little bit, maybe even take a look at where we were at certain times. But somewhere along the way, we lost our individual independence. And started depending more and more and more on what government's doing, even local government, you know, and and expecting more out of okay, I don't know what to do, and I'm waiting for the media to tell me what to do. I'm waiting for government to tell me what to do, because I don't know what to do. And years ago, that was an impossibility. When I was a kid, I'm 59, so I'm an old guy, you know, but when I was a kid, there wasn't a man you could find anywhere that didn't know what to do. They knew what to do. And they didn't wait for government. They didn't wait for the media. And I'm not so sure it boils down to the fact that we've got a whole lot of exposure. You know, I'm sure that adds to it some. But there's something else. There's something else that made us lose our individual independence and become codependent on government, media, and things like that. And we can't, we can't navigate when we don't have the truth within us. You know what I mean? Right. And, and there's no way to, to bring yourself out of a situation like COVID, for instance. You know, there, you can't bring yourself out of it and bring yourself to find what really is the truth when you get so many different stories unless you possess within yourself some individual independence and you're able to say, okay, wait a minute. Regardless of what this entity says and regardless of what that entity says, what I know to be is this. And a lot of people just don't have that anymore. And I don't know if it's because we've all become a nation of consumers and we're so busy buying and we're so busy working to be able to attain the next item we want that we're just confused or what? I mean, it's, I think, and I think it's a, 
it's just a, a a complex consortium of a whole bunch of stuff that's done this to us. But we got to get out of it. I mean, we literally got to get out of it because if we don't, we're going to be lost. Because there's other nations in this world right now, their citizens still have individual independence and they haven't lost it. And that's the scary part. Well, I'll tell you, um, I was raised old school. My grandfather raised me. and um, You a native Texan? Yes, sir. Cool. Not many of us out there. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I did, yeah. Live and breathe. <laughs> um, so my grandfather always told me when I was a young man was be yourself. Be who you are. Don't try to be like everybody else. Now, everybody in their life has a period of time where they start following a trend. And I did that, and I found out that, hey, that wasn't me. And so now me raising my kids, I try to tell them, look, don't be like that. You know, I see little girls, like my daughters are 10. I see little 10-year-old girls that are out there wearing shorty shorts and, you know, um, padded bras and stuff. And I'm like, they're 10. And I tell my daughters, that's not going to be you because they're trying to be something they're not. Uh, when it comes to my stepson, you know, um, I only had girls. So when I got with my beautiful better half, she already had her son. And with him, you know, I get to teach him the things that my grandfather taught me. Mm-hmm. And I've started to see him grow to be an honest respectful young man mm-hmm. that you don't see these days because everybody's worried about following a trend. Right. If you're not doing this, you ain't cool. Well, 10 years from now, they got to understand that they're going to look back and somebody's going to go, you remember when you did that? You remember when you do that? You did that. It'll actually follow you. Mm-hmm. So everybody wants to be on a train going somewhere that doesn't even have fuel in it yet. And I see it starting to destroy everything in our society when it comes to uh, morals. I don't. I hardly ever see men holding the door open for a woman. Yeah, it's gone. You know. Yeah, and that's and what it boils down to is, I think at one point we decided to leave it up to our educational institutions to teach BLS, which is basic life skills, and they didn't do it. And then parents at home didn't have time to do it. Because we're busy doing what? We're working our ass off to purchase the next item, mm-hmm. you know? And so there's a lack or there has been a lack of teaching basic life skills to our youth. And that's one of the big places where I think we have gone way wrong. I know guys, I know guys, adult men, they've never fished, never hunted, can't sew on a fucking button. You know what I mean? I mean, basic life skills can't change a tire. And so we got to get back to that. We got to get back to teaching our kids the basic life skills that, like your grandfather taught you, you know, just things that move you forward regardless of what might happen because it gives you confidence, and confidence builds what? Individual independence. Absolutely. And that's that's where we come back to. Absolutely. You know, know, nobody wants to be an individual, they want to be part of a group. That's it. And, you know, some of these kids, just a real quick tribalism. Yeah, that's it. You know, when I when I got full custody of my daughters, um, I knew that uh, you know there was it was going to be a struggle. There's going to have to be some changes on their outlook and so forth. So I'm very big into their school, 
Good. Um, so when I call up there, they know who I am. They've seen my face. They see me getting involved in things. And they tell me all the time, you know, you're such a great dad, da-da-da. And I'm like, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do as a parent. And they're like, you'd be surprised how many parents aren't involved in their children's education. They're not involved in their lives. Right. Because they basically send them off to school. The school teaches them this crazy new education that they have. Mm -hmm. And then they come home and then they say, go play on your video games. Go play on your phone. Go do this. Because there's no real parenting going on anymore. Right. You know, one class that I've actually thought about that should be taught nowadays is should be called reality. Because I think there's a lot of kids who don't understand the difference between reality and virtual reality. They spend so much time on their phone, so much time on Facebook and Twitter and TikTok and everywhere else that the line between reality and virtual reality has literally become blurred for a lot of people. And it, that's kind of scary, too. I mean, I think we can drive back out of that. But there should be, in school, at least something that clearly defines for, for children where that line's at and what is reality and, and what's virtual reality. Because, you know, what scares me is they say that the suicide rate of teenage girls is really high now because they don't get enough likes on Facebook. You know, that's, that's virtual reality. That's not reality. Who gives a shit about likes on Facebook? It, it has no bearing on where you're going with your life, no bearing on who you are as an individual, and people take their lives over that stuff. And it's wrong. Yeah. And, and really, I think it boils back down to just a basic life skills education starting when you're real young. You know, and I, I disagree with a lot of things that are being taught in school now because it's all bullshit. You know, you have, you have genius kids who can do all the math that they want to. They can read sophisticated equations they can write sophisticated equations can't change a tire can't sew on a button never been fishing don't know how to build a fire can't navigate with a compass and i know these are all old technologies that i'm talking about that people think we don't need anymore but they build independence and they build they build confidence those are skills that you never lose in your life and so whether you use them or not on a daily basis doesn't matter it's still skills that you've got and skills that eventually one day we may need again. You know, it just depends. I, but I, the stuff they're teaching them now, like when I, I took I took good math in school, you know, I've never used it. Never once have I had to sit down and go, okay, well, N times 12 is, you know, it's, it's never <laughs> happened, you know. Yes. And there's a bunch of other stuff. I mean, we've learned, and I, I was a history buff. I loved history in school, but they went too far with it. And they, and they lied to us as well because a lot of the things that took place in history, they physically took place, but not under the circumstances that they told us they took place. So it turned out to be bullshit. Right. You know, we need to go, we need a complete overhaul of our education system. And we need to really consider what we're, what we're putting in these kids' minds. And we need to start putting stuff in that's, first of all, basic life skills. And that should go from first grade till you get out. And even beyond, if you're going to go to college, you should still learn, you know, how to bounce checkbook, how to do general business, when you're getting ripped off, when you're not, how to stand up for yourself. Hell, fighting, believe it or not, fighting in self-defense should be a class in school. Did you ever get in a fight when you were in school? I got plenty of them. Haven't met a kid yet who didn't get into an altercation in school. 
So if it's something that happens to every individual, why the hell don't we teach it? Well, you know? I think I think honestly, um, you know, they, I think today's kids have gone soft. Um, a lot of it has to, and, and I say that because you know I, I I see it because I have young children. Their friends come over, uh, friends of ours. They'll bring their kids over, you know, and I st- and I see these different things, like I. I've had it to where I had a friend over and he brought his son and his son is not, you know, punished. He's not disciplined whatsoever. And I disciplined him in my house. And I told him, I said, look, this is, this is my house. Kids act a certain way in my house. Well, I've started teaching my stepson how to, um, because I've gone through multiple martial arts, started teaching him that and started telling him, you got to stick up for yourself. Self-confidence. The main problem that I see today with kids, other than obviously the parenting, is they use social media as their voice. Mm-hmm. And then when you get, let's say you get this kid here, kid A and kid B, and they're on social media and they're chit-chatting, they're talking, they're doing this, and, but you put them face-to-face, they don't know how to talk to each other. Right. They don't. So, you know, just like with the bully situation, you know, people are like, oh, I got bullied on Facebook. Well, I got bullied in, in the person. school hall you know what i mean <laughs> I yeah. so i got the crap beat out of me a couple of times and you had to yeah. learn how to defend yourself <laughs> right well now you hear about these kids committing suicide because of what somebody said to them on facebook right and it's like wait a minute you know how you do that you just turn it off yeah you don't look at it you ignore it and see and i need to backpedal a little bit because i said fighting would be a good class and maybe i shouldn't call it that i should call it self-defense and part of that self-defense class and it should be really inclusive and a big part of that should be teaching people how to get themselves out of situations. So when you're up against a bully, instead of fighting that bully, you know, teach them, teach kids how to extra extract themselves from a situation like that. You know, even, you know, man on the street type fight type thing. You can always get away from something like that if you want to, unless the other individual is just bound and determined to knock the shit out of you. And it happens, you know, you can usually extricate yourself from that, and that should be taught because it happens to everybody. But they don't teach it. What they teach is nonviolence, no matter what, and that doesn't always work. You know, I, I believe me, if I would have been nonviolent my whole life, I'd probably still be bleeding. You know, the the one thing that uh, you know I, I learned in the military and the different martial arts that I've been through is, you know, if you don't have to fight, don't. Right. Okay. Well, when it comes down to, you know, like with what happened when I was younger, you know, in schools and stuff, if I defended myself, because my grandfather taught me how, Mm -hmm. and if I would defend myself, that would tell that bully, hey, he's going to defend himself. So they quit messing with that guy and move on to the one that won't defend themselves. Right. So now bullying has become more of who can I take control of instead of who can I knock down? Right. You know? So, I mean, I think, you know, I I really don't want to leave it up to the school to teach the kids these, this stuff. I know it should be taught at home because it's still, it's still under the foundation of morality, believe it or not. And all moral teaching should go home. And one of the things that I, I know there's a lot of single moms out there and God bless our single mothers. I know that they've gone, they go through a lot, but there's an uncle there's a grandpa, there's a cousin, there's some male in their life mm-hmm. that can help 
mold their children, help teach them these things, you know, and the problem is, is families aren't close like they used to be. So these, these young men, and I say men because it's, you know, fighting is more on the men's side than right. it is females. I don't know, man. Chicks can pull it down. I'm telling you. Oh, they, they really can. can. I, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I think that like with me, even when it comes to a friend's kid or something like that, I take, I take the boys under my wing mm-hmm. and it, I don't have to, it's not my responsibility per se, but I want to make sure that they grow up to be young men so that my daughters will have at least some young men in this world who are gentlemen, mm-hmm. you know? So I tell my, I tell my stepson all the time, set the example, what you do when you're, when you're different from all these other guys, mm-hmm. there is, everybody's going to notice. Right. And when they, when you get older, you're successful, you have a respectable life. They're going to go, man, that's what I should have been doing. Mm-hmm. And you can guide people and change people's lives without even having to say a word. Yeah, just by living the example. So you know? these schools, I mean. But you got to have strong, independent people to do that. And, and yeah. We just you got to teach them how lot, to be yeah. independent. <laughs> we don't have a whole lot of those left. So I'm hoping we'll get there. Very true. Know? So um, So you come back from Iraq, start talking to people, you give birth to the channel. So. Where are you hoping this channel will go from this point? Because, I mean, you're, what, are you 100 videos in yet? Uh, I think I'm just under 100, Just I think. under 100? Yeah, that's that's still a commitment. You know, that's an investment. Well, um, honestly, doing it, when I, when I originally started it, it was just something that I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm like, oh, I need to make a video today. Oh, I need to make a video. Right. Well, to me, I don't care about the fame. I don't care. I mean, I I used to perform on stage when I was, you know, Mm -hmm. in the music business. Yeah, I don't want to be famous either. That would suck, I think. To me, it's not about fame. You know, um, it's more of changing people's lives. That's all I care about. Making people people think, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, So if I just change one life, you know, from somebody who's getting ready to take their own they watch mm-hmm. one of my videos and they go, you know what? Life's really not that bad. Maybe I'll stick around for a while. Mm-hmm. If it just hits one person, that's all that matters to me. Yeah, I like it. So what do you think about your videos living in perpetuity? So being on the internet, as long as the internet's up and as long as YouTube's up, it's a long time possibly, you know? Yeah. But- and as things progress and change, will those messages and ideas that you had provided let's say 10 years ago if if we're 10 years ahead of us now will those still have value you think i do because most of the things that i talk about are about morals um about how you perceive yourself um how to perceive others Mm -hmm. um you know handling hard situations now obviously the situations will change but right They'll be able to look back, you know, somebody that say, like you said, 10 years ago, says, man, I'm feeling depressed. Somebody says, hey, look up Talking with Chevy. And they look it up and they see a video from 10 years ago. They're going to go, you know, that makes a lot of sense. It's old, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't I don't like to I don't like to change 
how I think, what's the best way to put it? I don't, I don't like to go with what society's doing. Mm -hmm. I like to hit what's deep inside instead of what the exterior tells you. Gotcha. So, yeah, that makes sense. You ever have any fear about the things you say might come back to haunt you or whatever? Yeah, (laughs) And the reason why I bring that up is because of what's, what Joe Rogan's going through right now, you know? Yeah, um, I actually, um, I try to be very careful because I've been kicked off of of Facebook so many times. Uh, I was actually kicked off for being a part of a veteran organization. Um, So I'm very careful about what I say. I actually had a video recently, and uh, it was about uh, the three gentlemen, the three young men who killed their stepfather Mm -hmm. for molesting their sister. Mm -hmm. And... I know my feelings, I know my beliefs. And when I when I made the video, I didn't want to necessarily support what the boys did, mm-hmm. but I also explained why I kind of support what they did. Right. Because you say particular words somebody, you know, cuz I I was going to run for uh, city council and unfortunately uh my job at the time wouldn't allow it. So I knew at that point, like I started going through all my videos, is there anything they could hold against me? Yeah. And uh, luckily there wasn't, but now I got to be more particular, especially if my page blows up, if yeah. I end up. Yeah, gain a following, yeah, you yeah. got to be careful. So I yeah. got to be extremely careful. Yeah. It's, it's kind of bad because it doesn't give you the freedom to do what you want to do, not 100%. Not 100%, you know? but I find ways of making it relatable, mm-hmm. you know, Um I I have my own way of expressing my opinions on things without them coming off as something that could be negative, yeah. you know, or used against me. Yeah, that's good. So I, I've I've learned tricks. It's a tightrope, man. You know, it's I've, a tightrope. It really is. You yeah, know, it's kind of like you're standing out there looking at that noose, going, "All right, I know that's there to hang me. Yeah, how do I stay off of it? That's it. So, yeah, yeah and I think as as the show gains in popularity, it'll become that noose will get closer and closer, you know, and it's too bad we live in that world because, you know, I mean, we're supposed to have freedom of speech. I should be able to say anything I want to and it not be held against me, but it's just not that way anymore. And that's because society's too damn busy online with their opinions, you know, social justice warriors just hanging out waiting for me to say one wrong thing. It happens, you know, but I'm not going to worry about it. You know, and, 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 the free the freedom of speech has been taken away. You know, uh, one of the things about Mr. Rogan is that he said things that are now coming to light. Yeah, and he's been hated for it. He's been this. He's been that. Well, a lot of these things, period, that a lot of us are been open openly saying, is now starting to come out. But it's coming through the legal system. So now mm-hmm. they can't fight it. They can't say, "Oh, well, that's not true," because mm-hmm. these things are coming out. I always tell people, I don't care who you are, whether you vote left, you vote right, you're you're an independent in the middle, whatever it is. Don't be afraid to tell somebody what your opinion is. Obviously, be respectful about it. Right. But the hate out here, you'll find out who's real and who's not. Oh, yeah, man. The division's bad. You know, polarization's bad, too. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. 
It is. And, yeah. you know, what you say on these podcasts or what you say on a video or what you type online, you know, anything that you say can be judged. Oh, yeah. And, it, I mean, it's a, it's a scary world out there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a catch-22 thing, too. You know, you had talked about the video you did about the three guys that killed their stepdad. There's a guy, and I wish I could remember his name, who's in prison for 19 years. He's got a video out there. And uh, so here's what happened. When he was a kid, he I think he was 17 years old at the time. His sister was 13 years old. And they both, if I'm not mistaken, went to a church. And one of the guys at the church raped his sister, his 13-year-old sister. Mm. So him and a buddy, maybe two, I don't know, they got baseball bats, went over to the dude's house. They were just going to tune him up. You know, and I guess they went too far. The guy died. So this guy gets convicted, gets thrown in prison for 19 years. So here's the moral question of that. And the moral question is, is Sky criminal because he killed somebody? Or is he a hero because he killed somebody who viciously and brutally raped a sister? And I like using the story because I have a lot of people. I'm. I'm I'm kind of partial to what goes on with the prison system because I know that it's, it's corrupt. We in prison more people in this country than most countries do combined. I mean, we have the largest prison. We have more prisons than we do educational institutions in this country, you know? So I have a lot of people tell me, ah, why do you care about those people? They're just a bunch of criminals. Are they, you know, or are they, or are some of those people, not all of them, but are some of those people, Victims of, of a situation that took place that they had to take care of or they felt they had to take care of, something like that. You know, you I know? actually, being one of the great things about my job is uh, I get to meet a whole bunch of people in all different types. And uh, I was actually talking to a gentleman. Uh, I met him uh, last week, actually, at one of the job fairs I was putting on. And he was actually in a situation where... And he showed me the whole left side of his face where he had been hit with a uh, bird shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he picked up a gun and defended himself. And he spent eight years in prison for defending himself. He didn't mm-hmm. have a previous criminal history. He didn't have any of that. Right. But because the guy that he shot ended up dying, he ended up going for some type of uh, I don't, I'm not sure what the actual charge was, mm-hmm. but I look at this guy and I'm like, wait a minute, this could be me there at any know. time. This could be me. Yeah. So there are people in the prisons that, you know, they were defending themselves or they defended their family, mm-hmm. you know, back, back in the day, that was normal. Yeah. That was justified. Right. And now it's, if you do something in quote unquote retaliation, Mm-hmm that you're this terrible person right and it's unfortunate but that's the way our society's gone i mean you know um my neighborhood uh it's a pretty good neighborhood down there in laporte but the uh, there was a little girl she was probably about nine nine years old some guy tried to pick her up right there in front of her house and of course we all heard about it mm-hmm. and i started thinking about my daughters my daughter's playing in the front yard some van, some truck tries to come by, pick up my daughters. What am I going to do? Well, I know what I'm going to do. Yeah. But I also know what my repercussions are going to be as well. Mm-hmm. 
you know. So you got to take into consideration, are you willing to do what's right and sacrifice or are you going to stand back and just let things happen because you're too afraid to do what's right? Yeah, it's a paradox, you know. It's, Absolutely. It's crazy. And, you know, the thing is, is, and I don't think a lot of people have considered this, you know, we, we recently had open carry in Texas, mm-hmm. you know. Well, open carry, I think, severely takes away a component of the castle doctrine for us. So, and those cases haven't come to light yet, but they will. And you mark my words, being that we have open carry in Texas, it doesn't do away with the castle doctrine, but I think it really interferes with it a lot. Because now you're going to have attorneys that are saying, hey, this guy was cock loaded, ready to go. You know, I mean, not the fact that he defended his property and did it within the legality of the law under the castle doctrine, but the fact that, nope. We got pictures of him. He's an open carry guy. He carries a gun everywhere he goes. He's always ready. He's made a few videos on YouTube showing his weapon and this and that and the other. And, you know, you can just tell this guy was ready to kill somebody, you know. You know, I'm. And so I think that's a negative for the open carry thing and also for the castle doctrine. It it is. I was really surprised they let open carry happen in Texas. Well, so to me personally, um, you know, I, I'm 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 a gun owner. Me and, too. Yeah. And you know, I believe in the Second Amendment. Now, you're a Texan. You got to be a gun. Uh, well, <laughs> you would think that. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, that's that's one of the requirements of being a Texan. I'm sure it's somewhere on your driver's license. But, you know. <laughs> but I mean, I meet I meet guys. You know, sometimes that they'll they'll open carry, and to me, I I honestly, I I, I don't. Mm-hmm. And and that's my preference because I don't want to go around flashing people. I know right. some people are afraid of guns because of past experience, whatever. Yeah. But when you open carry like that, you're basically inviting it. You're inviting the problem. Mm-hmm. And I've been to places where the crime is outrageous. I mean, you know, especially like up north, um, it's outrageous. Well, why? Because their gun laws are so tight. Mm-hmm. Well, they know that you don't have a gun. Right. So they're you're an easy target. Yeah. The crime isn't like that down here because they know Everybody's you might have one. a gun. Yeah. 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 Everybody's so, pretty much got one. You know, when it comes to it, it's basically opened it up to you can defend yourself and everything now. Anybody mm-hmm. can who can legally hold. When it comes to the castle law, that's even that's even become more strict. Um, there were some break-ins in my neighborhood and uh, a gentleman actually ended up shooting the guy Mm -hmm. breaking into his truck. And he had to claim, obviously, castle law. Hey, he's breaking my house, blah, 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 blah. And the first question they ask is, how could you have avoided it? That's it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy how they say, how can you avoid somebody breaking into your stuff? How can you avoid killing that person? Well, I mean, you take me, for instance. I'm old school. You're breaking into my house, then you're asking for it. Yeah. You know, you're breaking into my truck. You're asking for I think for that's it. with most people, you know? You know, you would think. Mm-hmm. You would think. But, you know, there's also that mentality out there of maybe they needed it more than me. Yeah. I worked hard for that stuff. 
you know. So I, if if they wanted it, they should work hard for it. Right. That's my personal belief on it. Yeah, I agree with that. So you know. All right. So uh, any particular direction you're going to take your channel in the future? Or are you still just going to do the same thing and and? Uh... Well, um, something actually happened the other day that. Uh, really shocked me and i was extremely intrigued okay i had one of my uh followers actually send me a message and said hey will you do a video about this um i would love to eventually get it to where people send me ideas or you know send me a message and say hey uh, i just want to know what you think about this here um that gives me, you know, more of a idea of what's going on in somebody's life or, mm -hmm. you know, what things maybe I don't see or hear about. Um, I would love for that to happen. I don't have to. I'm going to keep doing my thing. Uh, I try not to do the same thing twice, but sometimes you get uh, situations where they're so close that you kind of say the same thing, just a different way. Yeah. So, um, more ideas uh i know that i have somebody a company who said that they wanted to make a uh make some t-shirts and um one of those big what do you call it like yeti cups mm -hmm. um so yeah, i mean there's some things that are that are in the works but you know as cool. for the future all i can do is just keep doing it and see where it goes yeah so no you're not going to quit just going to keep moving forward huh that's one of the things they taught me in the army. Never you quit. Know, it's strange. <laughs> and I found this with podcasters. It's like, it's almost an addiction, I guess. Once you get started, you're like, well, I have to keep going. And I've heard that out of a couple of, I have to keep going. Mm -hmm. You don't, you can quit, but I, well, I, I, won't. I think I have to keep going, you know? I mean, so, I, I'm, I'm loving what you're doing. I yeah. love watching, watching it, especially on YouTube. And, um, you know, I've actually, I actually quit making videos for a while and I would have people reaching out going, Chevy, man, where's your videos? Yeah. Where? And I'm like, well, I really just haven't done it lately. Man, you need to get back on there. You yeah. need to get back on there. We took a bit of a hiatus, I think, somewhere around September, October. And I, I got hit with a couple of people like, hey, what's up? Yeah. I needed a break, you know. Well, but, it's, uh, it's good. to. It's good. It's a change for people, I yeah. think. You know, when, when you actually get to see... And I'm even talk, speaking about yours, because when I started watching yours and I started seeing the people you had on here, and I'm like, this is not what you normally see out in real life. Like when right. it comes to, you know, the news or whatever, you don't see interviews like this that are educational. They're, you know, they, they make you kind of think, think about what's being said mm -hmm. and where your views stand. And right. I mean, I think, I think. I think the world in general needs more of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got to get back to a place where we can have civil conversations without people getting pissed at each other, you know, because we get too much of that out there. Everybody, yeah. a lot of people are afraid to talk. Yeah. Um, because they're afraid to be judged. They're afraid that they're going to be attacked. Right. Um, yeah, and see, I've had podcast guests that I wanted to have on that they were like, ah, man, I don't, I don't think I can be on camera and you know, I'm, I'm worried about people canceling me and this and they're like, come on, man. You know, it's a, it's a talk. Yeah. We're going to sit down and shoot the shit. You know, are you, are you afraid to have a conversation with somebody? You know, and I don't always say the right thing. And, and sometimes I, I make mistakes and sometimes I say things that I kind of regret a little bit. But all in all, I'm just a man. I'm just a guy, you know. 
And every time I have a conversation with somebody, I pick up a little something, I learn something from it, and it makes me a better person. So even if I screwed up and said the wrong thing, I don't care. It doesn't make a, di- you know, that part doesn't make the difference. What makes a difference is what I got from the other guy. You Absolutely. Know? And my whole life, most of my best memories in my life were table talks, sit down, talking at the table. My folks used to do it when I was a little kid. And my, my parents are from Holland, hmm. so they spoke Dutch and they never taught me. I, I could kind of understand it, but you got to understand where they were coming from. So they're, they're fresh out of Holland under German rule during World War II. You know, so it was pretty bad. And uh, they come to America. They think it's this great dynamic place where everything's available and you can be anything you want to be. And, and that's how they raised me. They said, you know, this is the greatest country in the world. You're the luckiest guy because you're here. And these were table talks that we had daily. I mean, they impressed upon me daily how great America was and how I should be a patriot and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, so I think I got it more than the, than the average guy. But they'd go over to my grandmother's house. And they'd all sit around, they'd drink coffee and smoke cigarettes, talk Dutch for hours, you know? <laughs> and I'd just have to sit there as, as a little kid, eight, nine years old, and try to pick up pieces of what I could to determine what they were talking about, you know? Right. But those were actually still great memories because it was just sitting around. And how else can you interact with other humans without having a discussion. There's no way to do it. I mean, nowadays you can pick up your phone, you can text each other, but you're still communicating, you know? You just don't get the whole facial expression and the voice and everything else. One thing uh, one thing that my family does, uh, so every year I have a couple cookouts and a couple crawfish bowls that I put on at my house. Cool. And I invite people over. Um, you know, it, it could be from an organization, it could be close friends, whatever. And I'd always have them. And oh, my better half always gets on to me about this. But I'm more of the, I'm going to take care of everybody. Yeah. And I don't really sit down. Right. But Social butterfly, pretty much. But yeah. the thing that I like the most, my favorite part about it is I can walk to this group over here, this group over here, this group over here and hear them just talking yeah people that maybe have never met each other that are now talking to each other learning from each other right and it's one of those i didn't do it just to you know because some people they put on oh i just want to you know do this big party Mm -hmm. for me i get the enjoyment of hearing people talk and then later on they'll come to me and say hey you know uh i was talking to that buddy of yours and da 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 and we start talking about this man i didn't know this and i didn't know that and i'm like you know hey man i'm glad y'all came you know make sure you come to the next one you got to think about everything exists in this country from a conversation absolutely so it all started out as a conversation Everything we have so. was based off of the morals and the understanding of each other. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, everything that's that's happened throughout time has been from conversation. That's right. You know, even way back when, when we were just grunting at each other, you know, that was still some form of communication. And we got the point across, mm-hmm. you know, before the big hunt, everybody kind of grunt. Yeah, yeah, OK, let's go kill it. <laughs> and, and you know they'd all run after whatever it right. was and and stab yeah. it till it was dead and they'd all eat you know right. so i mean it yeah you know conversation gave birth to every idea that's out there and every idea that became something was born of an original conversation yeah community is very and important too i think that's the 
the main reason why I do what I do in here is because I know sooner or later I'm going to have a badass conversation that will stay with me for years and years and years, you know. No, you never a, know. Just those simple words yeah. sometimes. You never know. know when it'll be. never know who it'll be and who you can affect. So Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, man, I enjoyed having you in. It was it was good. And we sat down and, and talked. I'm glad you're a podcaster. I think it's important. I think the message that you're getting to people is important, too. So keep going. Keep Absolutely. moving. Absolutely. Thank you. And uh, anything I can do to support you or help you, I will. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and close out. Um, so there you go, guys. Um, think about that a little bit. Think about the importance of conversation in your own life and uh, the things that it's brought to you and what it's meant to you. You know, we're the only species on this planet that does that. And so uh, without communication, we would have been done many, many, many moons ago. So anyway, I'm Hank Vatt. This is Hank's Think Tank, and we're out.